men ultimately, not as a football team, not just as a football team, in life, in life, you will end up achieving whatever standard you set for yourself. Not just as a football player, as a man. Welcome back into that episode four of the Big Red Revival podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. Sitting in with me tonight, as always, I've got the coach, Drew Burson, and the quarterback, Zach Raby. Um, you know, a wise man once said that good teams win, but great teams cover. And that's exactly what Nebraska did this past weekend, spanking up on Northern Illinois 44-8 to in the first night game at Memorial Stadium since 2017. You know, last episode we talked about uh, Nebraska needing that uh, get-right game. And after, after a devastating loss at Colorado, um, Nebraska came out and jumped on them early <laughs> with a slew of uh, big plays and coasted to a blowout victory there in the second half. And so now the non-conference season is over and it's time for the real season to begin. We're getting into conference play this week with Illinois. Uh, let's go ahead and recap uh, this Northern Illinois uh, win. Zach, you attended the game on Saturday night. Saturday night. What uh, would you see there? I did um, three for three on games this year, um, so right. it's been it's been a, a cool start to the season. But saw a lot of positives as as everyone did. Um, you know, we came out kind of on fire. You know, we came out really slinging it around. There was two two of the first passes we threw with from Adrian Martinez. Yeah, those didn't of, look good. Kind of sailed them a little bit. I think you know the energy level was definitely up. The adrenaline was pumping a little bit, and then. Um, and then, you know, the third, the third play of the game, it was a, it was a huge, huge play to Spielman. So yeah. kind of yard kind pass of, over the middle to Spielman. Yeah. yeah. Kind of set the tone for, for the rest of the night of the night there. Unfortunately, we didn't close out that drive, but, um, came right back and we saw some things out of Diedrich Mills that, you know, I, I saw, um, that he was capable of up to this point. Uh, you guys did not, but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. hey. but no, I he, think I he, said if he can read holes and make cuts, he'll be yep. good. But if he keeps playing that way, he will not be. Yeah. Yep. So we, we saw some, uh, some bright points from him. Uh, Mo Wash shined as usual. And then we got some receivers involved that haven't been up to this point too. So finally, yeah. Um, spread the ball yeah around. So really, really starting to click on all cylinders on offense and then defense business as usual. Didn't even give up a touchdown. Um, you know, had, had some, had some situations they were put into for, uh, you know, from special teams errors that, you know, they weren't in the greatest spot, but they still capitalized and held strong and, and did their thing. So I think this was a really, really important game for the future of our season going forward to, uh, to come out and really dominate a team from start to finish and uh, really set the stage for conference play going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what about just the atmosphere uh, Memorial Stadium? Like I said, it's been since 2017, since the last time we had a night game here. I mean, we Mm -hmm. went all of last season without uh, having a night game at home. So this was actually the coaching staff's first night game in Memorial Stadium. And and boy, did it not disappoint. I mean, I knew the little flashlight thing with or the little light with the phone thing. I've seen it at the basketball games, but I'd never seen that at the football game. And when they did that, man, that was that was great. What was how was that? How was the atmosphere in the stadium? It was it was great. I mean, uh, you know, there was high energy as usual. It's Memorial Stadium. It's Husker fans. So, you know, you always know what you're kind of going to get there. But like you said, that uh, that light ordeal, uh, it it started right when the third quarter ended and went right into the fourth quarter. And and 
I don't think it was really planned. It just started happening. And I, we were in the Northeast Stadium and we started seeing those lights come up on uh, over in the South Stadium. And then they did kind of dim the stadium lights and then made all of the lights red. Yep. And then all the and then all of the uh, the cell phone flashlights started lighting up and it was quite the scene. And they were playing Thunderstruck. Right. And it, it <laughs> was it was sweet. I mean, it was it was something that I don't think we've done before. Um, I was a big fan of the um, let me clear my throat when that was a thing for a while. But yep. this, if we're going to have night games and we're going to go forward with with a tradition, that's something we should probably keep in our back pocket. Yeah. I mean, it uh, seems like um, the national audience wants to see us play. We've got three primetime games in a row. So, um, Drew, what do you think about playing at night? I know Scott Frost came out and said that, uh, you know, he hated night games, hated sitting around all day waiting for the game. As, uh, as a football player, what, when did you like to play? You wanted to get it out of the way first thing in the morning, mid-afternoon, night? What, what was your opinion on that whole thing? I love playing. We played a couple night games. I love playing the night game. It was awesome. I was fucking right. with those rush in the morning. I'm not a great morning guy, as you will. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so for me, especially a younger me in college, mornings weren't really my thing. But, uh, you know, you had to get your mind right and play, which was fine. But I noticed when I played my night games, I was way more crunk and way more ready to play. Way more turned up, huh? So, oh, so much so. Yep. Um, speaking of something Zach might have seen in terms of spreading the ball to more receivers and the electric atmosphere and the get right of this game. What about Noah, the Cal guy's catch at the yeah. end of the first half? Holy smokes. He was on what he got lost. Did you guys see that part? <laughs> yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Fucking Man, what so, a play. No, that was, yeah, I think, I think it just was a matter of him, you know, catching that first pass and kind yeah. of getting over that, getting that, that monkey off his shoulder and, and just, uh, you know, settling in. And I think, you know, he had, he had two catches to that point and then, it was kind of a do or die situation, whether we were going to take points into the half and, and really just piled on them from that point where he, he got up there and he, I mean, he looked like a big time receiver making that play. I mean, he went up, caught it with the hands over the guy, got, Oh yeah. He took it away from him. That that coach, that that catch was good on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, I thought that was amazing. Okay. So, I mean, Nebraska, you know, sailed to a victory was 30 to five halftime ended up 44 to eight. Um, but, Am I the only one that thinks we left with quite a few points on the table? I mean, this could maybe be a 60, 60 to 8 uh, score. Um, you know, obviously off of those two block punts, I guess one was a fumble because the dude made a business decision, didn't even kick the goddamn ball. <laughs> so uh, technically one block punt and a fumble off of the punt. But we ended up scoring zero points off of either one of those uh, punts or yeah. either one of those turnovers. So um, it's still – I feel like we left a lot of points on the board is, is that how you guys felt, or you guys thought it was a complete game? A definitely well, not a complete game. Remember when Diedrich Mills ran 61 yards and then fumbled right away? You know, yep. like, I agree. We're, we're, we're making plays, but we're leaving. We're not crisp. We're not clean yet. Sorry, right. Zach, what were you going to say? No, it's, uh, you know, we scored 44 points, but we also only had 22 minutes of time of possession. So when you, when you, when you take that stat, you say, you know, there's 60 minutes in every game, 22 minutes of that game, and you still put up 44 points. Yep. I still think that's that's – pretty good yeah absolutely well i thought i thought most of our play our touchdowns came off of uh off of big plays i think maybe the shortest touchdown was the what the little uh uh, uh martinez touchdown for maybe what 12 15 yards maybe that no that was bedroll at the end was his, the shortest touchdown okay but uh, martinez had one early in the game that he ran in yeah there, right mm-hmm. okay so yeah. was the third quarter, yeah, yep. i felt like most of our touchdowns were coming off of big plays and i mean is is that what we're kind of expecting out of this offense that it's not going to be long sustained drives or you know eight eight ten plays it's going to be 
you know, five, six plays and long, long, big plays? Or do you think we're even capable of uh, sustaining drives like that? Because that's going to be absolutely necessary come come Big Ten season, come November, come against Iowa, Wisconsin. We're going to need to, yeah. one, be able to put a drive together. And two, not just for, you know, um, for ball <laughs> control, but to maybe even run out a game, you know? Well, yeah, yeah I think, um, you know, we – that's kind of what the system is. You know, we right. we're, we're quick on offense and then we, we have to have our defense, you know, make those, make those big plays and get turnovers to get the ball back. But yeah. um, a crazy stat is the fact that only four or five defenses have in the country have defended on more plays than Nebraska's defense has up to this point. Yeah. I saw a stat that said we, we had a uh, hundred more snaps on defense than Iowa did our three free, yeah. free games. It's just our, our offense gets out there. They do their thing. They get up and down the field, whether it's a touchdown or not. But they're, they're on the field and they're off the field. And then that's where we really have to rely on the defense, which they've really come through up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think this defense just capable of holding up to that much, you know, that much time on the field, that many snaps? Like I said, I, I think we discussed in the first episode about at least we're super deep on the defense line. You know, the one aspect yeah. of the defense yeah. that needs to be rotated mm-hmm. in and out. So, yeah, um, yeah there's six the deep there. So that keeps them. I think. I think we can because of what you're saying. We're six deep at the D line. We each dude's got two dudes at each position. They all right. play. They're all effective. You know, um, so I think that makes it possible. I don't know if it's a good thing, but it's gonna. We're, I think we can get by this year if none of those dudes get hurt for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, but, I think we're definitely. You know like we said, deep at the defensive line, you know, with only a three man front, you know, we can, we can rotate six, seven guys at all times, but I don't, I don't know that we're necessarily talent wise as deep at this position, but linebacker, we're seeing a lot of different guys out there making plays and, and switching out uh, in and out. And I think, you know, that Eli Sullivan is a blessing in disguise where yeah, he is. he's just kind of come out of nowhere. And that guy is like a Jojo Doman out there. I mean, he's a ball hawk. He's going to be around the play, whether he makes the tackle or not. When yep. you see a pile or whatever, when the when the um, play ends, so that was a hell of a um, play of uh, by him on the goal line there to save that touchdown. Oh on yeah, fourth and, fourth and inches or yeah. whatever. Um, I that was. I mean, he's been making plays kind of, the game too. Yeah, yeah. So he's been around the ball, so it's it's been great to see him out there. And like I said, we've seen a lot of people on defense, and we got to see even more this game. Um, mm-hmm. Offense, like we said, we got to spread the ball around. Um, I guess I didn't even notice, but I heard today that um, did uh, Washington not play in the second half? Mo Washington. Uh, not much. He didn't even have that many carries, you know. He, yeah, he, I think he only had six carries. I think, yeah, on the day. he had uh, a big play, you know, and some good yardage. But yeah, he he barely played because they didn't need to, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I heard that he, guy. I think he said he was a little banged up too. So, yeah. Um, but um, you know, he's continuing to just be, you know, a straight home run hitter. Um, oh man. You know the what one of the commentators said, and you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's hating on him," but I think he said it right when he's like, at some point, he's going to need to turn his shoulders and you know hit a hole and not try to break everything to the outside i mean you think he's capable of running between the tackles or because it feels like he's just trying to break everything outside and fortunately up to this point he's been getting that corner and once he gets the corner that man's gone so he's a burner yeah so (laughs) do you think he's you know capable of you know taking the handoff and coming up the middle or because a couple times i've seen him try to Hit the I've seen him stuff. do it though. Like, there's been in a few yeah. times each game where he's toughed it up. Like against Colorado, you know, he turned it up mm-hmm. hard and went inside and just grinded out. I think he's like, uh, I don't think he's like a make a business decision kind of guy. I think he just straight up just goes hard AF every time and just whatever happens happens. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because like you said, once he, he sees his legs that cut out all the time on the sideline, he hurdles and just gets straight wiped out. You know, he don't care. Right. Because on that uh, the, 
the play where uh, Mills got ran down by, I think, number seven maybe on defense. Yeah. Um, that was the guy uh, that um, was chasing after uh, Mo Washington, and he, he put on the nope. afterburners on him and <laughs> fucking took off on his ass. So, yeah. Um, so we talked about that opening drive. Martinez came out through two way off passes. I mean, it was mm-hmm. you saw this two passes. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Um, then connected with um, with uh, Spillman over the middle and ended up getting three points out of it. So now that, that brings us to eight of the last nine games we have scored on the points on the mm-hmm. opening possession which is a fucking great stat that we need to continue on doing, you know, what, even if it's just a field goal, points are points. And yeah, know, points oh, yeah. are going to be out of premium. All the points you can get, field goals or whatever, take them exactly. all. Exactly. So that's a great stat. And then, like I said, the defense, man, they've, they've just been really putting on. Um, uh, I think we're at, what, 2.3 yards per carry for the entire season. Puts us in the top 10 in the nation um, as far as yards per carry. And not to mention, they're seeing a lot of fucking plays. So it's not mm-hmm. like – it's yeah. not like they're, uh, you know, they're seeing 30 plays, 30 runs yeah. a game. Like, they're seeing a lot of plays. Not to mention Northern Illinois' running back is pretty fucking legit. So, yeah, um, no, yeah to, their uh, numbers are not skewed. They've had a lot of reps. Yeah. So, to handcuff uh, Northern Illinois' running back just kind of shows you the depth of, of this. Um, still kind of uh, like to see the maybe the linebackers get out to the edges a little bit faster. But um, up the middle, man, I feel great about our defense, mm-hmm. you know. So, um couple other things um of course the uh the first thing scott frost was you know kind of it was a what the fuck moment was that terrific uh screenplay <laughs> at the six inch uh yard line just just a complete bonehead play uh you know i went back and watched it and it's like yeah if the tight end does get his block you know maybe yep. he got something but it's like do you want to be calling a play where you know the <laughs> if every if the tight end doesn't get his block it turns into points for the other team you know like Let's... Taylor, funny you say that. Did Zach ever tell you the time when we were in college and we were playing a football game and we were on our own goal line and, and we called a screen? And how'd that turn out? Well, Zach was heady enough to go in the huddle to tell us that he's just going to run out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can confirm that it is a bonehead play then, correct? Yeah, yeah it wasn't I, a yeah. great call and we, our, uh, our, play, our play clock was running a little low. And so I just said, you know, just line up and run the play. I, I won't throw it to him. I'll just take off and run it and hope for the best. And I mean, we didn't get a safety. We ended up yeah. running, but, you know, we – it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think he, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a that, good theory, good idea, but in practicality in real life, there's so many things that can go wrong. It's like, just, so yeah, exactly. The, uh, the risk doesn't outweigh the reward. So <laughs> that was uh, kind of the, what the fuck moment of the game. Um, yeah. also a couple other little things. Um, apparently the, uh, the area codes have disappeared off of the helmets and, you know, that's a big talking point around Husker land this week. Um, uh, and of course, um, you know Scott Frost is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to. Is is Frost that is you know becoming like a Belichick with the media, and do you think that's going to play for for Nebraska? You know, it's kind of. I feel like he's always scolding the media, and they just kind of give him a pass on everything. It's like, well, yeah. Hey, yeah, he's like, I heard hey, him Scott, in the press conference. Wearing black shoes today. Uh, what's you know? I see that's the first time wearing black shoes. Oh, no comment on that. Uh, Scott, hey, the bumpers, the 402 and the 308 area code bumpers are gone off the helmets. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. It's like, well, oh, and they're just like, okay, we're moving on, Scott. And it's like, well, yeah. come on, do your guys' fucking job. Like, ask well, some questions. 
Yeah, I think I think he's the only coach that could get away with that with the media um, at this point in his tenure at Nebraska. And I mean, I will yeah. say and, I heard his I heard his press conference today. He's not fully Belichickian. Like he isn't just an asshole to him because like the one dude asked him a question about the injuries. He goes, "Hey, nice try. I know you're just doing your job, but still not gonna not gonna talk about it." Yeah. Also, I mean, how do what do you guys feel about the whole not commenting on injuries? I understand. Like you don't have to give me the motherfucker's MRI, but yeah, can I give me? <laughs> I'm, not, a, I'm not against it though. I don't. I mean, it doesn't bother I me mean, at all. It just, just give me a timeline or something. You know, yeah. I mean, hopefully looking for him back this week. But I mean, it's just, it's just really gri- grinding my so, gears. It's just really grinding my gears. I can understand, obviously, why he does it because he doesn't want to show his cards and give the op- opposition any uh, scouting ad- advantages during uh, right. game preparation, but. I, I know where this is going, and it's going to the kicking situation, which it, it needs to be addressed. It was somewhat addressed today, not really, because we still don't really know what's wrong with pickering. And that's, I mean, right. it's just beca- it's becoming a huge issue that shouldn't, shouldn't be. Um, yeah. You know, as much, as much as we move the ball and put points on the board, the kicking game needs to be solid. Like, it's going to make or break a game, which it sort of already has. <laughs> yeah, it already has. I mean, and, we've and, already seen we've already seen Frost's records in uh, one possession games. It's terrible. So and, um, and you know his special teams have been kind of shitty. Like remember the, remember the punter last year that fell down trying to kick an onside kick. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's out at Oregon State now. So well, he's not even on the rock. Caleb Lightborn. Yeah, Lightborn went out to yeah he transferred out to uh, Oregon State and is apparently not even on the roster. So <laughs> speaking of transfers, Patrick O'Brien's getting the start at Colorado State this week. Is so. he? I mean, uh, yeah, I watched something. I watched him play uh, Colorado in that first game of the season, and he was listed as the third string quarterback. Third string, like, yeah. Like, God that? damn, man. Yeah. Well, so, um, killing it in practice. Yeah. <laughs> but back to the game. Um, Nebraska once again won the turnover battle, which the defense and special teams just creating a lot of turnovers, which we all know that's the biggest stat in football turnover ratio. You know, if you're winning the turnover battle, you're going to give yourself a hell of a chance to win the game. Right mm-hmm. now, Nebraska is leading the Big Ten with nine forced turnovers. And the second place teams only got six through three games. So something we are doing that's uh, drastically improved over last season. Yeah. Really, the last two seasons, we got better last year, and now it's doing really good. So we're first place in the, in the conference with nine takeaways. Do you guys think this is something that's going to keep up or uh, just maybe just you know, from the competition? Because yeah, it hasn't been great. But I think this was, this was fairly expected. I mean, when, when this coaching staff came in there, uh, they – they stress the fact that like the defense loves to be in a position to make, make takeaways. I mean, UCF right. was getting, UCF was getting takeaways like crazy in year two under the staff. And I would expect us to see two or three more this week. I mean, there, there is a chance of rain in the forecast in Champaign. Yep. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's always going to, you know, create that, that opportunity for more fumbles and, you know, balls coming out of the hand when, when, we're, when they're passing just a little bit more awkward and, and, and then, you know, um, we'll really see what this defense is against some elite talent or elite talent uh, with Ohio state two weeks from now. So, right. I, I, I mean, it's great to, to be where we're at, but you know, we got, we still have a lot of work to do because we're only a quarter away from the season. Yeah. Uh, on top of that um, turnover thing, I mean, obviously turnovers are one thing, but also we only had one penalty that entire game uh, last Saturday. <laughs> uh, I think it was a personal foul late hit on uh, Polo Gates. So, I mean, no holding, just a very clean game. Like, that's, that is a recipe for winning football. You know, win the turnover yeah. battle and low turnovers or yeah. low penalties. So, that was good to see. So, so um, no, um, fun fact, ahead. though, uh, fewest, it's the fewest 
penalties in a game since November 19th, 2016. Okay. When, when Riker Fife led us to a victory over Maryland 28-7, we had two penalties for 20 yards. Perfect. Um, it really – we really should not have been penalized at all this game. That, that penalty on Pola Gates meant nothing. It was after yeah. the play. Um, and I will say, you know, to his credit, there was a, there was a picture that was, that was released of him in the weight room that night getting in extra work. And, sure you know, was. I think I, – I, I kind of made fun of Jalen Hurts last week on the podcast for doing that, but – you know, when it's your own player, you know, you kind of get swung the other way. But I think <laughs> that just it, it really comes back to the accountability of, of every player on this team and the fact that he knew that that was a dumb penalty and it could have cost us. But you know what? I'm going to I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to I'm going to get it right. And I'm going to um, come back and, and you know, improve yeah. next week. So, yeah, he wants on the field. I mean, right now, I think he's yeah. just playing mainly on special teams. He's seeing a couple of the other freshmen get in on defense. So he wants mm-hmm. he wants some more snaps. He's hungry and like. We've got a bunch of hungry young kids on uh, on both sides of the ball. So, um, also with the passing game, you know, obviously the first uh, two games, it's just been a whole lot of crossing routes, a whole lot of horizontal stuff. It was good to see finally uh, stretching the field, throwing the ball, you know, with some vertical routes. So, it was good to see them kind of open it up. And uh, I still feel like he missed a couple guys, but he, he's getting get better game by game. And in this Oh, yeah, game, much better. Okay. He was much better this game for sure. Yeah, but is it the competition or is it because he's improving? I don't know. Maybe it's both. You know. Yeah, I I just think I mean competition aside, just the way he's looking when he gets yes. the ball. You know, it's like yeah, he's, he's not looking, scared. <laughs> and unfortunately, coming into the season, we didn't think this was going to be a thing. Where it's like, oh, he's looking better. Well, you know, first game, unfortunately, he looked like dog shit. Uh, yeah. Second game, a little bit better. This game, a little better. And it kind of, I mean, last season he kind of had the same pattern where he kind of ramped up, and by the end of the season. You know, he was a world beater. So, yeah. uh, hopefully. Well, he- Taylor, you, you hit it right on the head earlier when you said that um, the, the, those big plays lead to points on the board. And I, I went through the first half, and I, wa- I watched it again and again and again. And literally every time we went down, down the field and completed a big-time pass, points came afterwards. So, we had the big play on third down to extend our first drive. Um, that, that Spielman catch right. um, yeah. led to three points. Early second quarter, we had a deep crossing route against Spielman, and it results in the eventual eventual uh, long TD run from Moash. Yep. Um, back shoulder route to Mike Williams. Weird name to be thrown out there at this point, but <laughs> late, late late in the second quarter, great throw on the run from Martinez, that, and which led to a, a Dedrick Mills touchdown on the next play. Then that last drive in the first half where we just kind of went right down the field on him and actually took a shot with 45 seconds left which is what he Frost had been preaching um, after last game. Um, we, uh, we hit, who was it? Uh, we hit Juan Dale mm-hmm. way over the, over the middle, set up Noah's t- um, touchdown. So definitely a trend there when we're taking shots and completing those, I, I don't want to say low percentage passes, but, you know, taking those shots downfield, um, it, it sets us up to, to capitalize and get points soon after. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, uh, we finally uh, got bit by the injury bug a little bit this game. We had two big, big uh, key contributors uh, go out of the game with injuries. Uh, Hymas, uh, left tackle, and Cam Taylor-Britt, you know, our, our do-it-all uh, defensive player, both went out with injuries. Um, heard that they both were practicing, maybe not full contact mm-hmm. this week or whatever. So what, what do you guys uh, – apparently uh, Brock Bando, a fellow uh, Southeast Knight, uh, we'll probably be getting the start uh, if Hymas can't go. Um, so it's good to see, you know, always good to see a Knight get in there and get some snaps. 
Um, what are you guys hearing as far as the injury situation and possible uh, people that could be coming in to back uh, to get some snaps in? Well, it looked like Cam Taylor just just kind of had a stinger when when he got. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. He, he he came and he laid the wood on a receiver coming over the middle and. Yeah, it, I think it was a tight end. I, yeah, it was a big yeah, dude. It was yeah, a tight end. it was a big dude. But yeah. um, from I Council Bluffs too. <laughs> I would still expect Hymas to start. I I, yeah. I don't see any reason for him not to. It just seemed like kind of a preventative thing. Um, but I will say, you know, like up to this point, the, these two injuries. I mean, can you really name another injury or two no. that we've we've seen? And I no, think a lot of great. that. No, I except for the kicker. Well, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. They, <laughs> yeah, as the wise that's man team. once told me, kickers aren't real people, so we'll exactly. move on. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I digress. It's like really encouraging, um, and it just it it can be easily contributed to the fact that Zach Duball has taken over and yep. he's worked with these guys and he's got him in shape and it's not like it used to be. I mean, these guys want to play. I mean, if they're going to play through some bumps and bruises, like a lot of guys don't, mm-hmm. but it's their overall like health and, and strength and everything that's really keeping them on the field. And it's just great to see. Yeah. So Nebraska racked up uh, over 500 total yards, uh, pretty, pretty uh, ev- um, split game. I mean, we had what five, 287 passing yards, 238 rushing yards. So pretty Pretty even kill game. Got busy on both ends. Got those yards per carry up for uh, Mills and in Washington. So um, that was good to see. You know, rack up some points. Or rack up some points and rack up some yards. Uh, you know, in this day and age of college football, the big thing is uh, crowd attendance, which has never been a fucking issue for Nebraska. No. It's like you know, not since the sixties. Yeah, that's it. Crowd <laughs> issue isn't a real thing. Did you see the thing where uh, Alabama is going to start track, literally tracking their fucking kids and seeing if they're leaving? The oh, game early yeah. or not yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like if you why uh, if you yeah. uh, they track you on your phone it's through an app and you get points <laughs> through staying come to the game stay in the game and it tracks you to see if you leave before the fourth quarter um it just really seems like a useful way to utilize university uh funds or whatever you right. might call yeah, it that's, exactly that's resources, what, that's what, college, resources, that's what yeah. college kids want to have <laughs> like, their goddamn university yeah. know what the hell i'm at on a saturday yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to be liking what you see on my fucking gps is, it, is the dean seeing this <laughs> right <laughs> shit so no it was just and you know i was brought that up to brought this up that uh it was the whole uh thunderstruck thing with the phones or whatever that was going mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter of a game yep. that was well in hand and the crowd, the whole crowd was still there. So it's just, just once again, more of a testament to the Nebraska fans and you know, what, what we do, what we pride ourselves on. And then mm-hmm. also there was that scene, uh, the video of um, uh, Northern Illinois coming off the field and there's fans, yep. you know, dapping them up and clapping them in and saying good game and all this shit. It's just, it's just kind of our calling card. It's like, all right, you know, well, it used to be our calling card. We'd kick your ass on the field and then clap you yeah. off of it, you know? So, um, <laughs> It was good to see, and you know, usually those games would be the ones that you uh, you're out in the parking lot or out tailgating at halftime, you know, not even paying attention because we were up thirty to five at halftime. So it was just good to see the crowd stay the entire game and the fans to be cheering the the other team coming off the field. So uh, it just felt like an old school game, you know. It felt oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we got to see we got to see some of the younger guys and the second stringers come out and and show what they have, and we haven't we haven't been able to do that in a long time, and so I think yeah. a lot of I think a lot of the fans really wanted to kind of see what the future of the of the team looks like and and what we have coming up for next year and the year beyond. So really, yeah, like you said, really cool to see. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this day and age, college football, uh, it's a new rule. I, I think it's probably a good rule, but uh, we've got the four-game redshirt transfer rule. Love anybody, that rule. Anybody you guys think that uh, last year, obviously, we had a couple guys uh, decide to uh, move along uh, <laughs> four games into the season or two and three games into the season. But um, anybody you guys are maybe looking at or hearing any rumblings about maybe anybody that's looking to uh, maybe get out of town with that four-game redshirt rule? I got nothing. nothing. Yeah, no one's coming to mind for me. Yeah, uh, that, that's which is a crazy thing because that's literally happening everywhere. I mean, every school. I forget yeah. what percentage of starting quarterbacks are transfers, but it's like a third of them or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a uh, I saw a thing in uh, uh, that said that all of the, I believe the SEC quarterbacks are either transfers or had been starting since their freshman year. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was yeah, it was like they had played either since the beginning. Or there are transfers. That's yeah, it. which is just fucking crazy. But unfortunately, that's the day and age we live in where that's just that's just a mind-boggling stat. But whatever. On the transfer thing, I think it's more of a testament to the staff again. Like, if no yeah. one transfers out here after this week, um, I think that's just, you know, it just shows that the players have bought in and we've got – we've weeded out all the bad apples and the guys here – know the coaches care about them and want to play for these coaches, want to play in front of these fans, want to play in front of a packed house every single mm-hmm. week. So just it's just good, good to see. And I guess we'll see after next game if anybody does decide to uh, go ahead and uh, hightail it out of here, go get some <laughs> PT somewhere else or whatever. Yeah. But go take your ball and go home. Go to Oregon yeah. State. So, Nebraska light. <laughs> so there's something else I wanted to uh, bring up. You know, every Saturday, you know, I, this Saturday, this last Saturday, I just decided to just – uh, take a break from the games and just watch them all at home. So obviously they started with uh, college game day. And, you know, for the last three years, I've been telling my fiance, like, Hey, I was like, I'm going to, I keep seeing these signs in the crowd from kids. Like, Hey, send me beer money, you know, uh, you know, Venmo me this and that. And I was like, <laughs> and for the last three years, I, I was like, one of these Saturdays, I'm going to do it. And then, so this Saturday, <laughs> see one, I pause the screen write down the kids fucking Venmo. I'm like, all right, Carson got some fucking booze coming your way, you know, GBR. So I'm like, <laughs> no, you got, you got to say what, what your message was. Yeah. Was so, great. so I found him on Venmo It is signed red. Uh, uh, the bush light needs replenishments, uh, Venmo and it put his Venmo account up there. It's yeah. Carson something. And Carson like, 25. Yeah. Carson 25. I was like, all right, Carson 25. You got some, so I send him 20 bucks and I go, Hey, Here's $20 for some bush lights. Uh, beat Iowa from a Nebraska fan. Go Big Red. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm maybe one of two to three people that sent them, sent this guy this shit because literally <laughs> for the last three years, this has been happening at, at the game day. I've been seeing probably 20 signs per, per uh, Saturday for the last three years. And now all of a sudden, this one just took off like fucking wildfire. Uh, last check, this kid had $63,000 in his Venmo account from people that had sent him fucking $63,000 fucking dollars. Per, yeah, and apparently he's he's going to be a better man than I am. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess um, Venmo and Bush and Heisman Bush are going to match uh, match whatever he sent to, sent to him. So we're talking upwards of $180,000, and they're donating it to the Children's Hospital. But, hey – Somebody, you guys send me sixty-three thousand dollars, and I'm twenty-one years old. Yeah, what? 
is unfortunately it ain't going to the children's hospital. Like, I'll probably be going to the hospital off of what I spent on, but, but you know, it was just, it was just crazy that like, like I said, I've literally been talking about this for the last three fucking years. Like I'm going to send awesome. one, I'm going to send one of these kids some money. And I, you know, I was going to add like my Snapchat thing, like, Hey man, you know, snap me how you spend it. You know, I think I'm going to be seeing some college kids shocking beers and kind of be my entertainment for the night. But, and then it turns into this whole big thing. I mean, it's, it's all over ABC news. It's on the yeah. national news. It's on the front page of ESPN. So uh, just kind of a really random thing. And then, you know, I sent the picture out and then like people were still in my, uh, still in my picture and shit on Facebook and sharing or, and sending it out like it was their own. I'm like, like, wait, so that's, that's, that's my TV TV. That's my Venmo yeah. account. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Taylor, my, my wife was questioning you. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, dude, that's those are my magazines right there. You see that right? There? Yeah. Cosmo, Cosmo, that's me. That's but, what copyright infringement must feel like. Yeah. So no, it was it was a very good get right game. Nebraska looked good, ran the score up on them, and now we start conference play. So well, Taylor, uh, we, um, we got a lot of guys involved at the end too. Yeah, but um, we, when we come back, we're gonna get into a little gambling and uh, look ahead to this uh, Illinois game and the start of the conference season. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back into the Big Red Revival podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. Uh, so Nebraska closes out the, the non-conference season, two and one. Obviously, like we've discussed ad nauseum, the uh, agonating loss to, uh, to Colorado. But two and one in the non-con. But, you know, uh, when we came out this season, no one was really expecting uh, us or the outside for us to maybe competing for a national championship or anything. So, now that the conference season is beginning, that's the real, real uh, meat and potatoes of the season. I mean, this is what what we're here for. You know, we the goal of the season, I think we all agreed, was to uh, win the Big Ten West. That should have been everybody's goal, and that goal is still obtainable. As we go into Week One of conference play, we travel to at Illinois. Um, last time we were there, um, we, I think that was uh, what twenty twenty eight to seven. Last time we went there, it has been. Uh, over 700 days since Nebraska's last road uh, win game. So, that being said, Drew, tell us what you got about Illinois. Okay. Well, the first thing that jumps out to me about them is I definitely think they're better, and I think that's due to all of the transfers. They're basically transfer university. Yeah. Last chance you. Yeah. Yes. D1 style. D1 last chance <laughs> you. They got a DN from USC who's got six sacks. Jesus. They got two wide receivers from USC. All these dudes you can't yeah. pronounce their names. One dude's yep, exactly. <laughs> Jr. Josh Immortaba Bibi. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mr. Bibi. Yes. Yeah. 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 So those are <laughs> then you got a junior linebacker transfer from Miami, a junior linebacker transfer from Washington. A senior O lineman from Alabama, a tight end from Georgia. I mean, they got transfers from freaking everywhere. Yeah, it uh, sounds sounds like it. Michigan. Yeah. So uh, Illinois started the season off two and zero. They came out and uh, dog walked Akron in the first game, forty two to three. Then had a close game uh, against UConn, thirty one to twenty three. And then last week, uh, somehow gets beat at home by Eastern Michigan. Um, so it's kind of don't really know what we're getting ourselves into because they've been so up and down. I mean, obviously Akron is not they the worst stink. team. Yeah. They're, they're not the worst team in the world, but you know, they're, they're in three. I mean, yeah, but you know, they're a South Alabama type team, you know? So yeah. 
to spank them 42 to three, you know, okay. They they're putting up some good offensive numbers. I mean, they're actually, uh, season wise, they've got actually better numbers than we do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, they're giving, they're having more yards and giving up less yards than us. So I don't know if that's a dignitative of, uh, the teams they've played or what, but I watched a little bit of things too. Yeah. I watched a little bit of their game (laughs) Saturday against Eastern uh, Michigan. I'm like, Oh, we're going to fuck these guys up. I mean, they did not look good at all. Yeah. They got some talent on offense and they've got, you know, their defense, I think is what's kind of doing them wrong, but they were, I mean, it's Eastern Michigan, but they're going slug for slug with them. Eastern Michigan threw for a little bit more. They threw for like three sixteen. Peterson yep. 297, but, you know, it was just a – it was kind of a shootout. But I think their defense is just holding them back. They're susceptible. But they have some good players. They're going to compete. I mean, yeah. I think, like, on our worst day, we definitely could get beat by these guys if they have their best day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nebraska is in no position to be uh, taking anybody lightly, especially a conference opponent. So, um, like I said in the opening, that it's been over 700 days since the last time – Nebraska has got a road victory, which is just absolutely disgusting to think about. Um, anybody know who that last road victory was against? Anybody? Was it on my wedding against Illinois? Uh, no, it was that season though. Mm. Bueller, mm. Bueller, <laughs> Bueller. Um, Maryland. That uh, was Purdue. Uh, that, oh yeah, that yeah. shootout, you know, with Mike Riley and Purdue, where uh, yeah. I think uh, Stanley Morgan scored that touchdown with the. That's speaking Speaking, yeah. speaking of Stanley Morgan, I think uh, on that day that you just referenced, uh, Drew, of your wedding when we played <laughs> out at Illinois. Yeah, on that Friday sure, night. <laughs> for sure, Stanley Morgan has the longest sustained uh, stiff arm of all time against one of their corners when he cut yeah. a pass. And, like, he stiff armed him literally from the 25 yard line into the end zone. It was, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Yeah, for that. So, so um, this is. Speaking of road woes, um, Nebraska comes into this game as 13, 13 to 14 point favorites, depending on where you're looking at. Um, it's the first time Nebraska has been a double digit road favorite since way back when we traveled to Fresno State. So mm-hmm. it just kind of hi- highlights our, uh, our road, road woes. I mean, it's been a struggle to win a game on the road. Like I said, Frost has yet to do it here. It's been over 700 days since uh, – Nebraska has a program's done it. You guys think this is maybe the week that uh, another get right week on the road? Yeah, I think absolutely it is. Like, I think, I think we're going to go there. We're going to take care of business. I mean, uh, looking at, looking at just kind of the breakdown of both teams. I mean, our stats and everything we've done up to this point is eerily similar. I mean, yeah, very comparable. Very comparable. It's, it's like almost weird how close everything is as far as numbers go, but no, I think, um, you know, they, they've kind of been hit by the injury bug at running back. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Corbin. Yep, Corbin. Corbin sat out one of the games. The hip pointer, their original starting running back, um, was hurt and uh, pretty much ruled out for the season with a knee injury against yeah. Akron. Mike Epstein. Um, White dude running back. Rare breed. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. see those too often. Shout so, out like for Danny Woodhead. <laughs> so, like, for a while, they, they were kind of going running back by committee, and, and then uh, Corbin kind of had a breakout game against Eastern Michigan. Unfortunately, they fell short there. But, I mean, Eastern Michigan's quarterback threw for – it was 23 of 36, 316, and three touchdowns. Like, yeah. Mar- hey, Martinez, did you see that? Did you, yeah. did, you, did you hear that? Like, 
Might be watching that. that. We're definitely going to be able to move the ball on these guys. And also, a crazy fact here is uh, Nebraska's going for program win number 900. Yes. On Saturday. To join a very elite crowd. Yeah, like the elite of the elite. I think it's us, Alabama, and Notre Dame. All three of us are going for the 900 win this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's – I don't know if they're really talking about that in the locker room or anything, but, like, that's pretty sweet. That's a big deal. Um, and then Illinois' quarterback, Brandon Peters, he's uh, – like Drew said, he's a transfer out of Michigan, but he was the number six pro-style quarterback at a high school four-star. Had an offer from Nebraska, unfortunately yeah. turned us down, so yeah, we're going to pay for that. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> and he pl- he played quite a bit as a freshman at Michigan. I mean, he had 672 passing yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. yeah he, Michigan, played, I mean, he played until he got spiked on his head, and then he got a concussion yeah. for a while. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, I think I don't know. I think I think they have a lot of like good pieces. It's at the end of the day, it's Illinois. They've kind of been a bottom feeder at the Big Ten for as long as right. we've been alive, except for like the Juice Williams years. So. Yeah. I mean, if um, if we had to, if I had to pick a road game to start conference play in, I'm probably choosing at Illinois at Rutgers. So yeah, I yeah. couldn't pick too much of a better opponent to start the conference <laughs> season out with. Um, do you guys think that it's possible? I mean, there's already a bunch of chat already, you know, about game day and this, that, and third. Is there, is there a possibility that Nebraska is already looking ahead to Ohio State and maybe this is a chance that we, uh, Illinois, might jump up and get us? Or do you think that the guys know that, it, you know, we can't be taking anybody lightly and they're locked into this game? No, I think I think that Colorado loss um, kind of brought us back down to, to real life. You know, right. with all that hype, with all that hype we had going into the season and then, you know, ultimately we did win the first game and uh, whatever. But you know, when you when you experience that that first bitter loss of the season, you kind of are are leveled a little bit. But then again, you you do have to go and look back at the 2015 loss we had at Illinois, 14-13. Like Ooh. it can happen any it can happen any time. Yeah. You know, we didn't. No one saw that coming. I mean, we were just crazy big favorites for that game, and we just laid an egg. Yeah, so, that was. Like, uh... yeah, that was the game that it kind of all started to unravel for Riley when uh, that I was think, the beginning uh, of the end. The the clock management at the at the end of the game got us beat when he called. You know, if we just ran the ball on third down, yeah. we could run the clock out, and he called a pass. And of course, Armstrong fucking missed the guy. And let's like, not go down that road, though. Yeah, let's not go down this road. So anyways, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the beginning of the end for Mike Riley. Um, but yeah. so really exactly, right. my wife kicked furniture over that loss. Really. Yeah, she was so heated that she started kicking all the furniture. Oh, I looked at I was pretty proud of her. Nothing nothing worse than losing to Illinois. So um, yeah. just kind of to what we talked about back in the uh, segment one about Nebraska's fans being clearly uh, far and beyond everybody else's fucking fans. Um, Illinois apparently is going to set a new uh, <laughs> attendance record this week um, thanks to they are giving away free student tickets, and they've got the big red coming to town. So – I mean, yeah. this this is what we do, you know. We're you know we're the we're the big show in town. When we come to your town, you know, our fans are going to travel well. Your fans are going to want to see see them play in Nebraska. So it's just it's just one thing that I've never got about when people say, you know, well, Nebraska is a mediocre program. I'm like a mediocre program. Like Drew, me and you both live down in uh, uh, Phoenix. It's like no, Arizona State is a mediocre program. I mean. Yeah program looks like you know like this what we have here is an elite top end program here 
So just um, I think I heard on the radio, you know, Notre Dame's going to Georgia. And of course, the ticket prices are through the fucking roof. You know, they're five, six hundred dollars, you know, just to sit in the nosebleeds. And the guy on the Paul Feinbaum show was, you know, well, that's what happened. Notre Dame comes to town. We sell out the game, <laughs> this, that and the third. And it's like, no, wait a second. Because, you know, when we went back there back in, what was that, 2001? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, uh, yeah, when uh, Crouch was Crouch. Uh, yep. They ended up having to change up their ticket rules because of how many Nebraska fans showed up to their stadium. So the, the <laughs> big national brand in Notre Dame, we made them change up how they fucking sell tickets. So it's, well, it's that Nebraska was the and the, then everybody else. That was the beginning of the quote-unquote sea of red that yeah. game too. Yeah, exactly. That was when it kind of took off, so – so when you're doing that to people like Notre Dame, when you're taking over yeah. Notre Dame Stadium, it's one thing to take over Colorado, Colorado. Yeah. Illinois, but when you're changing how Notre Dame sells their football tickets, you know you know you're doing something right. So, yeah. um, but so should have a packed house Saturday night. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know the last time. I think they said maybe two three years ago uh, when Ohio State came to town. They had 2012, a, I think, is what they said. Yeah. So it's been a while. So <laughs> yeah, at least, not great. <laughs> at least they're going to be playing in front of a packed house, but um, there'll be a lot any of butts chances of seats. Butts of yeah, seats. exactly. Any chance that we see um, the highly touted uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Williams quarterback come in, the five-star quarterback that's uh, I believe second string currently? Any chance we see him this week? I'd be surprised. Um, we've already or they've already played that backup Matt Robinson. Yeah, um, he he played. He had one quick brief uh, stint in the game, but. I don't know. He's seen some time, but I, I, I would think we're they're just going to keep him on the bench and just let him learn. And I know they have the four game thing, but I honestly think Illinois is thinking they they have a shot to win this game. And so <laughs> I don't know why they would put in a, a true freshman quarterback that hasn't seen any game time right. into a game where they feel like they could win. Yeah, I mean, I love he's coaching for his job this year. You know, another another. Uh, his poor season probably going to be end of uh, old Lovey Smith in Illinois, which I don't know. I mean, what do you expect out of Illinois coach? So it's <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a no win situation there and like Rutgers. So I don't know what they expect out of it. But um, so what are you guys expecting? I mean, we've seen a lot of different. I feel like all three games we've seen a different Nebraska team each game. They've added something new, did something that we were talking, you know, said they need to prove on each game. What, what do you want to see out of Nebraska this game? What do you need to see improved? What do you want to see to uh, to get us going in conference season? And then, obviously, with the looming Ohio State game. Uh, I'd say just Adrian Martinez being way more decisive. He's, right. he's been more decisive, but just keep building on that and just like an assassin back there, just knows what he's going to do. Run it, throw right. it, find the open guy, hit, grip it, rip it, let's go. Yeah. Zach, what are yeah. you thinking? Yeah, I think – it was great to see Noah and Mike Williams emerge. Right. Um, I was starting to wonder just if I would see like their their names and faces on the back of milk cartons because they've been missing for so long. But <laughs> um, I uh, no, I think that if we just keep a lot of guys involved and you know catching passes, Jack Stoll is another guy I think that where we need to like keep him uh, more involved, but. Definitely no, got to get him uh, spread the ball yep. around and, and get it done that way. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's a great opponent to open up with uh, conference play. I'm expecting Nebraska to go in there and start fast again. I mean, tack on to that, that wonderful stat of scoring on the first opening drive. So I think Nebraska comes in, uh, starts fast, gets the job done, and maybe, I don't know, maybe get to a two, three score uh, 
um, win. But I don't know, Drew. What as far as score wise, uh, what do you what do you think that's going to happen? I mean, you think we're going to come out and run it up, or maybe come out a little stagnant? What are you thinking? Uh, I think we're, I think I'm confident we're actually going to come out and be crisp on offense. We're going to be a lot better. I mean, I think we're going to put up a lot of points against these guys. I don't think they're great on defense. The one dude's got a lot of sacks, but you know the rest of the defense is kind of shitty. So the last quarterback threw for three sixteen. Adrian Martinez does what Zach says and pays attention and figures out how to beat these guys. I mean, I think we light them up pretty good, you know? Yeah, I do too. I th- like I said, the spread's 13 to 14. I yeah. think that uh, we're going to be able to I run t- the ball against these guys. Yep. I, I like the 13 myself. Yeah. I, you know, I was kind of on the uh, the unders play um, for the game. But uh, speaking of the gambling, um, they've released uh, updated odds to win the Big Ten West. And Iowa uh, is leading the way at even money. Um, and then followed up by Wisconsin at plus 140, and then Nebraska at uh, plus 600. I mean, plus 600, it might be worth, you know, just taking a flyer on Nebraska, you know, yeah. especially especially being 0-0 <laughs> in conference, you know, plus 600, uh, you know, it's worth just taking a flyer on them. So, but um, speaking of gambling, uh, when we come back, we're going to get into our weekly pick five picks uh, and wrap up the show. So when we come back, we'll talk a little gambling and talk about Taylor's hot streak last week. So when we come back, we'll get into that. All right, welcome back in. When we left off, we were talking about uh, kind of the updated odds for the Big Ten West uh, uh, to win the Big Ten West and uh, everybody's odds and how uh, plus 600 uh, Nebraska is definitely worth taking that flyer on and putting, I don't know, 20, 50 bucks, whatever. And uh, I like, I like her odds at that number. Um, last week, uh, you know, got one of those uh, grooves, got a hot streak going, hit five of my six bets with the uh, one loser being uh, the Kentucky that uh, somehow gave up about 17 points in the last five minutes to uh, ruin my five team parlay and cost me a couple hundred dollars. So fuck you, Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> besides that, uh, Ohio state, as predicted, uh, that was my blood bank lock of the season. Um, as predicted, they were minus 15 and a half, and I think they beat them by 40 uh, at Indiana. So that was great. Uh, hit on the Michigan State. Uh, uh, did you guys watch any of that Michigan State-Arizona State game? Yeah, a little oh, bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, this, that's one of those games that just kind of sets football back, you know, fucking 20 <laughs> years. Just yeah. uh, Michigan State's defense is fucking filthy, but their offense – is leaves a lot to be desired. So yeah, and I thought they changed it this year too. Like what's yeah. up with that? I don't know. So they were Michigan State for some odd reason was plus or Arizona State was plus thirteen and a half. So they ended up winning the game outright. So that was an easy W. Yikes. But but uh and then for the Nebraska game I had minus uh seven and a half at, uh first half, which obviously up thirty to five, that was a winner. So uh had a good week in uh in the gambling section, which uh takes me to 53% on the season, which lo and behold, puts that me, puts me in the professional gambling range, gambler range. So <laughs> shout out to myself there. <laughs> what's, what's that range? They say anything over 50% is uh, basically a professional. So 51% and above uh, is oh, professional. Oh, going to cut me out like that, huh? So uh, I, I don't know. What do you, what kind of, I'm, at 50, I'm at even 50. 50? So you're, you're at, you know, weekend warrior status. You know, yeah, you got to get guess. that 51 and above. <laughs> so uh but speaking of the gambling picks um drew why don't you k- kick us off with what uh what you got going on this weekend for sure for okay so the first game taking the under usc utah nobody can score under 52 and a half <laughs> yeah this is a friday night game isn't it 
Yep. Yep. Northwestern plus nine versus Michigan State, just because I don't think same reason. I don't think anybody can score, and I think they're going to play them tough. Right. Then sticking with the theme, under 48 and a half, Tennessee versus Florida. Mm-hmm. Right? Quarterback's out, and the other team is not good, so, you know. Yep. Then Washington State minus 18 and a half against UCLA because they're garbage. Oh, my God. I mean, is I mean, Chip Kelly, I had no idea he was going to be this bad at UCLA. It just – I mean, think about Chip Kelly at UCLA and then think about, like, Herm Edwards at ASU. And, right. I mean, they've both been there about the same time, same conference. Yeah. I yeah. really feel good about ASU, and I cannot say I feel the same about UCLA. No. I mean, it's uh, – luckily, USC struggling in town, so that takes some of the heat off of uh, – of trip right, there yeah. in LA and you know they're kind of the second show anyways you know you got so much going on you got the Dodgers you got the Lakers so um UCLA can kind of hide in the weeds there but holy crap that I didn't see that happening so oh, no way uh, um and Drew what uh did you give your Nebraska uh pick uh no so well and then the last one speaking of ASU ASU minus eight and a half against the Buff- Buffaloes I think they're going to get them too okay um, Nebraska I'm taking Nebraska's minus 13 open at seven and a half didn't get it at that point in time, but I would take it then. I still take it now. Damn. Okay. So Drew's feeling like in the blowout this come Saturday night, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm feeling it. Popping champagne, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's the mortgage on it. Oh, yeah. I, see what, I see what you did there. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zach, give, give him up. Let's see if uh, we can get you to that uh, that professional status this week. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've been three of six the last two weeks – or the last – two times that we've done this um nebraska obviously covers last week when i don't bet them mm-hmm. so you know that's that's pretty standard they just hate yep. me as a better so just guess, go ahead but... and stay off of that game uh, in yeah. real life then yep that's fine <laughs> just just like you should stay away from away games but so, yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss that at some point this uh <laughs> this year so i got utah minus four at ucf USC, uh, big road warrior uh, theme tonight for me. Yep. Um, Cal plus two and a half at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Cal's pretty good this year out of nowhere. Yeah, they're, yeah, I know. And they're at Ole Miss, who stinks. So, I don't know yeah. what's up with that. But, yep. um, I got a last year, too. Yeah. And Texas minus five and a half against uh, Oklahoma State. Right. Um, and then I got Michigan at Wisconsin under 45. I got Washington minus six and a half at BYU. And um, I got Nebraska at Illinois, the under. Taking the unders. Nice. Okay. Um, this week, I've got, I've got a real theme going on in my picks this week. I'm, I'm riding with the dogs. Uh, I'm usually a favorite better. I'm usually, taking, I'm usually swallowing the points. But uh, this week, I saw a lot of good games out there that I liked and underdogs. So um, I think Drew, you mentioned it. The I got north. I got in on Northwestern uh, plus nine and a half at Michigan State. Michigan State don't have enough offense to fucking cover ten points. So um, I feel pretty goddamn good about that one. And then I like my boy Jim Harbaugh going into Madtown fucking Saturday Saturday morning plus three. So I'm taking <laughs> Michigan plus three at Wisconsin. And then uh, this one's I feel a little iffy about, but um, I think with Florida's quarterback going down, um, I like Tennessee plus 14. Um, Tennessee finally got the first win Yikes. of the season last weekend. Weekend, And I don't know. I For some reason, I have no reason to pick them. I just 
if I could root, if I rooted for one SEC team, it'd be Tennessee because would you would you call it a gut feeling? Uh, no, it's just strictly I like their uniforms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at fucking, least you're honest. <laughs> yeah, no rhyme or reason at all. But the those orange uniforms just I don't know they do it for me. You'll... So. The old uniform bet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, that's how women usually win the like the NCAA tournament. Yeah, work. for it's sure. Like, oh, I like their mascot. <laughs> yep. Chris Ass Uniforms does it for me. So I'm riding with Tennessee plus 14. Um, yeah, checkerboard end zone they have also? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I not to like about Tennessee. I mean, besides they fucking suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, besides that, I've got uh, – then I'm taking the unders on – Okie State at Texas at 73. That's a lot of goddamn points. Um, Okie State hasn't played anybody, um, so I don't think they're going to be putting up much. I think Texas is going to get right back on the right trail and probably blow blow them out. And then it's the uh, primetime game of the week, Notre Dame at Georgia. Notre Dame is opening up as a 14-point dog, which had no idea that uh, that uh, it would be. I was thinking it was going to be a six-point, seven-point line or something, but plus 14 – um, I don't know if Notre Dame's defense can hold up uh, down there they, in Georgia. They can't stop the run. They, yeah. They can't stop the run. But I like Ian Book uh, to score enough points to keep it close and keep it within two touchdowns. So I'm taking – I like him too. I'm taking Notre Dame plus 14 um, in the game of the night, which I'll be having uh, going at the same time as the Nebraska game. So Hold on, hold on. What did you say game of the night? It's Well, I mean, the, the prime time ABC fucking – you know, we're the primetime BTN game of the night. <laughs> is, uh, is that where game day's at? I'm assuming down in Georgia for the game. No, I, is it? Or is it? Uh, is it Texas Oklahoma State? No, no. Um, the other big, game, the other big game. It's got to be Georgia. Yeah, the other big game is A and M versus Auburn. So I don't know. Yeah. Where. it's got to be at fucking Georgia. It has to. So, um, and then for Nebraska, uh, I'm riding with the unders too. Sixty-three and a half. Um, I think Nebraska's defense isn't going to allow that many points. I see Nebraska potentially uh, winning three scores, maybe 48-17. And some, some along those lines, uh, just covering enough. But I like the unders in the Nebraska game. And I like to uh, maybe get my uh, certification and uh, my professional gambling card in this week. So um, mm-hmm. if you're looking to uh, win some money, um, go ahead listen to my picks and completely omit the ones Zach gave you. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but we shall see so 6% difference. Like, <laughs> Hey man, that's, that's what they, that's the difference between a professional and a non-professional. It's a thin line, man. Yeah. A thin I fucking guess. line. What do you guys got uh, planned for the upcoming week? What are you guys doing? You guys sitting around the house watching the games or what do you guys got going on for Saturday? Cause there's a great slate of games starting with that 11 AM Michigan at Wisconsin game. Well, it's the first Husker game I won't be attending, so yep. I'm really looking forward to just kind of dialing in and watching the full slate of games and, you know, probably having having a few whiskeys, having mm. a few wings, something Whis- like that. Yep. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. No, no. I'm just kind of taking it all in, so looking forward to it. Yep. Drew, what do you got going on this weekend? Oh, well, hey, Drew, also, how's, uh, how's, how's your coaching season go? You haven't filled us in on that. How's the uh, coaching Hello? season going? Well, week one, like I said, worst football team I've ever been a part of. Right. Week two, <laughs> week two we should have won the game, but Pimley's bit us in the ass. We scored a touchdown, they got called back, and we missed a field goal. Mm-hmm. But we, played, we competed to the end. We could have won. You know, that was a good game. Last week, they forgot how to play football again. We lost 28-0. So you guys uh, got a goose egg? 
Yeah, our best Jesus player broke Christ. his collarbone too. He broke his collarbone. Is the running back and our backup quarterbacks are quarterback now? Is the O coordinator on the hot seat or? No, it's uh, you know it's pretty blatantly obvious that <laughs> I call if uh, if our guys don't block anybody, it's just pretty hard to do anything, you know. Yeah, like it. like Bo Pelini used to say, we just didn't execute. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's not maybe the more politically correct way to put it. We just we're having trouble executing on game day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, very nice. I will say though, we got a lot better at practice today. Uh, they watched film and did some stuff and got more physical yesterday. We're on we're trajectory, we're trending up, uh, but you know, the opponent we're playing this week's pretty tough. So I don't really you know, I would still pick us as the underdog in this matchup. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd fade that bet. So, <laughs> but uh, as for myself, uh, I just can be bellied up at the bar in the basement, sit back, and this is uh, this is what you live for, you know, Saturdays like this where you got, you know, a bunch of ranked on ranked matchups. You got the Huskers in the first conference game. I mean, it's going to be a basement dwelling day for me, bellied up at the bar, a couple whiskeys, maybe some Red Bull vodka, a couple white claws. You know, I like to diversify my drinking portfolio out, you know, throughout the day, you know, maybe. Yeah, just beer. set yourself up for a good hangover the next day. Oh, absolutely. Set up for a hurting on Sunday to follow by red zone for seven straight hours. So that kills any wounds though. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been on daddy daycare all week. So wifey gets home tomorrow and uh, so I'll be. Uh, running the uh, goddamn option with her pitching her the kid and running to the basement. <laughs> so um, I look forward to this week. It should be a good slate of games, and hopefully Nebraska comes out on top. Uh, Zach, I'm kicking to you. Why don't you give the guys our uh, our new Twitter handle, our email, yeah. and wrap the show up. We're stepping our social media game up uh, pretty significantly in the last couple days. Um, if you guys have any feedback or anything you want to send us via email, old school, whatever you want to call it, um, we're at Big Red Revival uh, at gmail.com, and that I is actually replaced with a one. Like the Big Ten. Um, yep. And then uh, Twitter handle is uh, Big Red Podcast with, a, again, one instead of the I. Um, and then you'll see the Big Red Revival, uh, our new fancy logo that we just got got a hold of today. But yep. yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Uh, show your support. And, and yeah. Uh, we're happy for it. So yeah. Feedback is always welcome. Uh, Drew, any uh, final words from you? Just go big red. Fucking couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see Short you guys. Next, Love it. We'll see you guys next week. Go big red. <laughs>